All right, so here's an update for June, July, and most of August 2018. The biggest thing I've learned in the last three months is that I need a much better process to make sure that I'm doing these monthly roundups on a more consistent basis. So originally I set out to do them, then I decided, ah, they're kind of optional, and now I think I've landed more in the land of, these are really useful to take stock of what's happened, what I've learned, what's going to happen next. I'm going to get a little meta today. (laughs) I waited way, 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 way too long to record this. I had it on my list of things to do, and it just kept falling to the bottom, and There's really no good excuses following my advice from an episode or two ago. And when I say I waited too long, what I found there is that even as short ago as two weeks ago, I was much clearer on what I wanted to say here. And I had a lot more clarity and passion about around what I wanted to share. And while I've got my little handy dandy mind map that I've been kind of sketching over time to collect my ideas, the fire's gone from it. I'm not going to just torture you with what (laughs) what I share today, I hope. I will still run through some of it, but maybe I'm going to cut certain parts out or get to the essence of things a little bit faster. I'm just going to do this anyway. I'm just going to take my normal process, which is as follows, if you're curious. I usually create a mind map and just map out all the different topics and subtopics and just kind of almost like a bulleted outline of what I want to talk about. Then I push record and I just start talking. And I don't push stop until I'm done talking. That means if I screw up, I miss something, I want to change it, I simply stop. I might even say cut or cut, cut, because you can kind of see it in the waveform when you go look at the file. And I will just continue and I will just, quote, fix it all in post. This is one of the best things I learned several years ago when someone at Red Hat was teaching a group of people how to do screencasts. And that was one of his best, best points of advice was just keep going and fix it later. It totally makes a difference. Otherwise, you end up with 15 different recording files and trying to patch them together. And it's it's just a mess. So we're going to do this. We're going to clean it up later. And we're going to keep iterating and going forward. Kind of a metaphor for life, you could say. So this problem I have of not doing these recaps in a timely manner when there's something to say. And that's what's funny. It seems like there's always something I'm learning, even when I think that I haven't. So this is what I would do if I was asking someone, like if I was coaching myself, which isn't always a bad idea. Hey, John, what are you going to do to make sure this happens in the future? So here's what I would say. First of all, I would set up a card in Trello, a repeating card. That So a repeating card is just a new card gets copied or yeah, copied and entered into whatever column you specify at a particular interval. And it would just say, start and capture and complete mind map for that month's learnings. I would also create an easier recording setup. So I've got a microphone at my desk that's usually there, but I'm more and more not at home and I'm at my co-working space and I have the equipment that I could very easily put together a little portable recording studio setup thingy to take with me. There's some added complications there in that there's a lot of room noise in 
the location there. So I'd have to get a particular conference room, which isn't that hard. And I would just have to go in there and just record and be myself like I'm at home and not be self-conscious and worry that someone might hear me. It would also help to get really clear on why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing it for you, the listener. I'm also doing it for myself. It's multi-purpose. Going through these things and reflecting on what I've learned helps me to anchor what I've learned and get more out of it. It also gives me perspective. There's a person I talk to almost like clockwork, at least once a month. They have been watching my process since January, maybe even before. And each time I talk to them, they are able to see very subtle and unique ways that I've changed or things that I'm learning or just ways that I'm showing up differently. And so this is kind of my way of of doing that myself. Another benefit of doing this that I would tell myself is that it builds continuity. Continuity in a context like this builds trust. So when you see episodes on a regular basis, you are more likely to stay in touch with me. And if you're more likely to stay in touch with me and you like my message and you resonate with the things that I share, I don't know, maybe someday we might want to work together. There might be some way I could help you. Another thing I might ask myself to really make sure this happened is, what values am I honoring? In my case, uh, one value would be mastery. So the more times I do this kind of work, the better I get each time. I was listening to a podcast I did six years ago, and it was it was a little uncomfortable to listen to. I, a couple of years ago, I listened to it and thought it was pretty good, but I listened to it just yesterday and thought, whoa, <laughs> okay, we've, uh, we've made some progress. Mastery would be one of my values. Clarity, this process of doing this helps me get clear. And then just in an overall way, this supports the work that I want to do in the world. Okay, so what happened in June, July, and August, and what did I learn? Well... Some of these things I knew, and they were just as bad as I thought they might be. And in other cases, there was, you know, nuance around that. In June, I was going to two conferences. I knew it was going to be nuts. They were separated by one week. There wasn't much I could do about the schedules. I'm not... I like conferences. I have kind of a love-hate thing with conferences. I love the outcome of being at conferences. I don't always enjoy every single minute of being at conferences. Sometimes I find them exhausting. I sometimes get impatient with the learning or the lack of learning or the format or lack of depth. But there's always serendipity of some sorts that comes out of having physically been there that always, in hindsight, makes it worth it. The first conference I went to was the Bigger Game Live Experience, put on by Rick Tamlin. Now, I've mentioned him off and on over the last several months, so I mentioned I went to a couple of his weekend masterminds, which were excellent. I ended up doing coaching work with him one-on-one, and this June was essentially the end of the coaching package that I'd signed up for. As a result of that, 
the next choice was to whether to continue in his program called Produce You or head in a different direction. And after some agonizing back and forth and back and forth and just looking at the big picture of where I'm going and what I want to do, I decided that Produce You was not the next step for me. It was a, lot, it was a harder decision than I thought. It was great to be at this conference. It was great to see Rick completely in his element doing his thing. There's no other way to understand or I guess describe Rick except to experience him. He's funny. He's extremely wise. He's extremely real about himself and his life and his struggles and the highs and the lows and everything in between. And he has challenged me and stretched and changed my thinking in ways that I would have never imagined a couple years ago. I also had the awesome opportunity to spend time with Anthony Angaro and his wife, Amy. Anthony and I met on a bus at WDS in Portland. I think it was 2016. It may have been 2015. We were on a bus that got stuck in a traffic jam for 45 minutes and we got to know each other there, and things have just continued on since then. So it was great to see him in his hometown and meet his wife and talk about all kinds of things. I went to every single happy hour evening event that was part of this conference. I met all kinds of interesting people. I got a 30-day challenge that came out of it. I met Nancy, who was a couple episodes ago. We had a conversation in the hotel there, kind of inspired in a funny way, inspired by the conversation I had done earlier with Kathy George. So Nancy was interested in podcasting, and so I had my gear, and I said, well, let's just do it. Let's have the experience. So my advice here is if you're going to spend the money and the time and the energy to go to a conference, push yourself to get as much as you can out of it. And then I'll also completely con contradict myself <laughs> and say, completely take care of yourself too. So there have been some conferences where I've just chilled out in the room or gone for a walk instead of going to a talk or going to a particular event. But on the whole, whether I feel like it or not, even if I think my inner introvert needs a battery recharge, I do whatever I need to do to put myself out there, get centered and, and throw myself in the mix. The second conference I went to was ConvertKit. It was, oh, by the way, so Bigger Game Live was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The ConvertKit conference was in Boise, Idaho. I had driven through Boise once or twice in my life. Never spent any time there. What a fantastic city. It's not that far from Portland. I ended up driving. It was about a seven-hour drive instead of flying, which when you get to the airport and do all the other stuff, it comes out roughly the same. And I like road trips. So it was me in the car. Lots of good stuff to listen to and lots of long stretches of driving and beautiful scenery. Anyway, at this conference, I met some more interesting people all serendipitously through just showing up. I met an amazing person named Shante that does physical therapy and has a whole thing around movement. I'm hoping to have her on a future conversation. We're still figuring out the details there. I met Amber Duggar, who does 
a whole thing around money, had a follow-up conversation, consultation with her a few weeks ago that blew my mind in so many different ways and is changing some of the ways that I'm thinking about money and how I'm managing it as it comes to my business. Probably more on that. Also had a unique opportunity instead of staying at a hotel, rented a house that did an Airbnb rental with Stephen Worley from Life Skills That Matter, Mike Vardy from The Productivityist, and another guy named Griffin. And Griffin, I can't remember your last name, who was a friend of Stephen's. Also at the ConvertKit conference, I got to see Casey Neistat, who I'd always heard about. Some of my clients, uh, if you've done any work with me or heard the, the exercise I often do with people around creating your own board of advisors, I have several clients that Casey is on their board representing different aspects of things that are important to them. So it's super cool to see him speak and I'm following his work a little closer. I also went to this fantastic workshop by Dave Stewart Jr. Dave was on a few episodes back as well, talking about education and learning and all kinds of things that I'm learning about and I'm interested in there. And again, wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone to this conference. I ended up talking to him after his workshop, ended up going to lunch, met him, met some other people. So again, it was just, couldn't have happened if I hadn't been there. I learned a little bit about marketing, not that much. I think where I am with how I'm approaching my business and what I've learned in the past, there wasn't that much learning from that perspective, but it was a great venue, a great location, and just an opportunity to meet a cross-section of people that I hadn't met before. I'm still conflicted as to whether I would attend a conference like this again. Increasingly, I'm getting really, really laser-focused with my time, where I'm making my investments of time and energy and travel and all that, and really more and more just focusing on what is that thing I need to learn next versus, oh, this would be an important thing to learn and I'd probably meet some interesting people. The learn, the meeting the interesting people thing is super important. And yet I also, at this stage of my business, have to ask myself, am I meeting potential clients at these events or am I just meeting interesting people that, but are, that are not the type of people that I would typically do the kind of work I'm doing with. So I'm going to continue to experiment and play with this. We'll see where that ends up. June was also compounded by a family camping trip. So it was family camping trip, one weekend, and then two other weekends of conferences. One of the interesting things that came out of that, though, was a, like a gratitude journaling thing that I had been doing. I can't remember if I've shared this previously, where I was going for 40 days in a row without missing. And if I missed, I had to start again. I completely blew that out of the water after missing after 30 days and starting again at zero. I roared right past 40 days and I'm still going, haven't missed, which is quite a quite, I have never done anything like this before in my life. Honestly, it never, it's not an overstatement. Out of the Bigger Game Live conference came a conversation with two ladies about meditation and its benefits and 
how to go about it and whatever. So I thought, well, I'll just try this. What do I have to lose? So that night, I started a practice of 10 minutes at night, 10 minutes in the morning. The goal is twice a day for 10 minutes. And that one has not been broken either. A really useful app that I found to track this is called the Insight Timer app. It does require an email and a login, but I love the app. I love the interface. I love that it like syncs between devices. It's not really storing any overly personal information. And so I'm loving it and finding it just a very useful way to stay consistent there. The takeaway from this is it's amazing how consistent you can be if you set up this idea of not breaking a chain and then doing whatever you have to do to make sure that it happens. So for me, I'm using uh, this journal. It's called the Five Minute Journal by a company called Intelligent Change. Intelligentchange.com. I highly, highly, highly recommend this journal. I've given it to a few people and they love it. I can't say enough about it. It really does take five minutes. And I really can say that it has changed the course of multiple, multiple days. I'll probably talk more about that in a separate episode. The takeaway on this is it is possible to do while you're camping. It is possible to do while you're at conferences. You just take it with you and just make sure it happens and do what you need to do to make sure that happens. So is it, I'm going to get up 10 minutes early so that I have time to do this. Is it, I get up 30 minutes early. Is it, I put the journal on my pillow so I don't forget it? Is it that I stick it in the bathroom so the first thing in the morning I see it and I remember to do it? I promise that once you get past 40 days, when you forget to do it, it will just kind of surface in your subconscious as something you forgot to do. A few weeks ago, I was driving to a doctor's appointment on the freeway and realized that I completely forgotten to write in my journal or I'd forgotten to meditate. I can't remember which it was. But I just said, that's no problem. I'll do that after my doctor's appointment. And I did. I think I did it in a parking lot in front of a grocery store or something like that. It was just like, well, let's just do it. Who cares where I am? So that was June, July. July. The highlight of July was teaching a class called Podcasting Jumpstart through a local organization called the Portland Underground Graduate School. They discovered this school, if you want to call it that, through another student at a CTI uh, coaching class that I stood at in Seattle a few months ago. So again, just that that reoccurring theme of going to new places, meeting new people, making connections to things that you didn't know about. This was an amazingly positive experience. It was also incredibly time-consuming and taught me all kinds of things about leading workshops. Now, I never really formally led a workshop before. This workshop was four weeks, one week a night for two hours. And it just opened my eyes to how to prepare, how to do slides, how to lead the discussion, how to make it not sit and get, as Dave Stewart Jr. would say how to make it interesting. And also there was also a hands-on aspect to it that I drove from first class. And that was an interesting thing too, in that it was very hands-on in the beginning and not so much at the end, which is something that I'd like to somehow change next time. Because I was teaching this workshop, I was constantly on the lookout for things about 
teaching better workshops, techniques, other classes on how to do workshops. And so actually during this time, there was also a PUGS course on creating workshop materials, which was really, really excellent. So I would highly recommend that class if you live in Portland and you want to create a workshop. It's also a great setup for teaching one of the PUGS classes. One of the big discoveries and fun things that I learned was how naturally it came to lead the discussion and how so much of my coaching training and a lot of the facilitation I saw in the training coaching training setting informed this setting, as well as even some of my uh, old-fashioned meeting facilitation stuff, how that came into play. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do next with this material. There's definitely the possibility of turning it into an online course. Uh, One person told me that the best way to really nail down online course material is to teach it in person. So I did that. And they want me to teach again. It remains to be seen if I will do that, given some other things that are on the horizon. So with July having a really sole focus of teaching podcasting, as I started to look to the fall and the leave that I have at Red Hat scheduled to come to an end somewhere in November, I started looking at, okay, what are some more ways I can be more engaged with Red Hat in a coaching context? So I pursued several different avenues there to take on some additional coaching work working with people that work at Red Hat. And that has been fantastic. (laughs) I'm continuing to work with people outside, but this has been really, really nice to just have a concentrated batch of new people. So it's tuned up my getting started with new people process. It's sharpened my coaching because I'm coaching a lot more. And so August has really been a lot of intense coaching, which has been great. It also gave me the opportunity to go back to the team that I worked on before I took my leave at Red Hat. That's the program management team. So I was able to go back to that team and do a short presentation. It wasn't even a presentation. I didn't have slides. Basically, I just talked about what I've been up to, what I've been learning through my leave. And then I issued some challenges based on what I've learned in coaching and and based on what I've seen um, maybe as a pattern of things that that people aren't considering or thinking about. Now, initially, I approached my old manager from the perspective of, hey, would it be okay to present this offer to your team or maybe you could carry it into your team? And (laughs) she... Uh, being her normal, resourceful, and creative self said, well, we have a team meeting next week. What if you just came to the team meeting and presented it yourself? Now, in hearing those words in that suggestion, my heart sank. And I thought, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. And then in that moment, well, it, it would sound really great to say that in that moment, I knew I should do it. Really, in that moment, I was, I, I brushed it off. And then I had to be really honest with myself and say, you know, 
that sounds somewhat intimidating and scary and the whole what will people think and all that other garbage. And I thought, you know what? Solely because of that, I need to do this. And there was the fact that it scares me and sounds scary means I should do it because it'll probably teach me something. And it absolutely did. More preparation here, more, you know, trying to script some way to talk about what I've been up to, as well as include some type of challenge, something for people to think about. And then also, without, you know, being overly salesy, present an offer of doing coaching with me, or to at least explore what that process might be. And then also, part of my little talk was to explain what coaching is. And I think I might do another episode where I just kind of repeat that presentation. I I did a, I started off by contrasting the differences between coaching and therapy because that's something people often ask me about. Now, when I was preparing for this presentation, I intentionally pushed the envelope. I knew in my mind as I envisioned this group of people, many of whom I don't know because the team has continued to grow since I left, was that some people, at least the people that knew me and had a sense of me, would probably give me a lot of slack. Even if they didn't totally agree with where I was going, or maybe they thought I was being a little radical or a little uh, whatever, I figured they'd mostly give me the benefit of the doubt. I figured some of the new people, they might be a little bit like, who is this guy? It pretty much happened as expected. There were a few surprises, I guess. The, The positive surprises were people responded much more favorably and much more interested than I thought. And then it took a few days, but it also filtered back to me that there was also some negative feedback, some people that thought that it was inappropriate that I had done such a presentation. And that was hard to hear. I'm not going to lie. But also what I reminded myself, it was also what I expected was going to happen. And the fact that it hadn't happened so quickly, I think I had just kind of moved on and said, oh, wow, that was scary. I did it. It turned out really well. Good job. And then to get that information a few days later was kind of a downer. But like the roller coaster I've talked about on past episodes, I rode it to the bottom, I rode it to the top, and then a few days later, I wasn't thinking about it anymore. In fact, I haven't thought about it for days. That's just how this stuff goes. And if you want to put yourself out there and you want to create a business and run a business, you've got to do stuff that is scary and that people might not like. I just see this over and over again. If you're not doing something that some people don't like, you're probably not trying hard enough. And the reason for this is you're you're not pushing it to the limit. And you're not... Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that my experience is when you push things to the limit, when you put yourself fully out there, you find the people that are really meant to connect with you. But if you only put yourself halfway out there you don't really get any negative feedback because you didn't fully put yourself out there, but you also lose out on the people that deeply resonate with your message because you've put all of yourself out there. Also brewing in this month were some possible coaching opportunities, like external contract opportunities with a couple companies, uh, both of which looked really, really promising. One of them didn't work out at all, which I had been holding on to loosely, but I thought that it, yeah, maybe someday that will something I completely got the thanks, but no thanks. And then another situation that had moved farther along that I thought was going to start 
has been delayed. That's And that's just been hard to see and to be with. And again, just remembering that that's part of the process. And the last thing that I'll leave you with is that I know this, or I knew this, and I just had to experience it again. You just can't keep grinding it out forever. I'm recording this on a Saturday. Yesterday was Friday. I've had three coaching sessions in a row, which with a five, 10 minute break in between each one can be the exhaustion accumulates because for each person, completely different situations, but I'm just fully putting myself in the moment and just fully putting myself out there. I thought, oh, I got the afternoon. I'm going to get some stuff done. This will be great. I'll do this podcast recording, ate lunch, and there was just no gas in the tank. And what I learned from that was to be on the lookout for what are the signs that I'm really out of gas versus I'm being lazy or I'm procrastinating or I just would rather goof off versus you truly are out of gas. You should take a nap, go for a walk, watch a movie, play games, read a book, sit in the backyard and do nothing. And so this is one I'm still playing with. This is one I still have not figured out. Uh, But on that note, I'm going to do some camping. Got a camping trip coming up with my family. And then we're also going to do a backpacking trip, a a short two-night trip with some friends and family as well. And so those will be just two great opportunities to take a break from the grind, from the... It's not a grind in the sense that it's horrible, but it's it can be a grind in the sense that it's just constantly showing up, constantly emailing people, constantly reaching out to people, constantly thinking of ways that I can help, constantly offering to help. And I'm also lining up a series of podcasting conversations so that my podcasting production here is not so hit and miss. Each of those takes time. And so when I say grind, that's what I mean there. The other thing I'm, the, I keep saying the other thing or the last thing. Okay, this is the last thing I think is <laughs> summer can be slow. And you can send out a bunch of emails and try to reach out to people and try to make contact. And I'm just finding that particularly, yeah, July and August, maybe August more so than July, the the response rate is much slower than normal. And you can't take that personally. You just have to send that email out, preferably phrase it in such a way that lets the other person know that you need to hear back from them or you'd like to hear back from them and send it, put it on your list of follow-up items and then come back to it later. That's where I'm using dates and reminders from Trello. If there's something to follow up on, I just sit it there and forget about it. And then the alerts will pop up and remind me when it's time. So my offer stands. I've said it in a few episodes. I'll say it again. If you'd like to have a conversation about anything, anything you've heard here on this podcast or any previous ones, or you just want to talk to this John Polster guy and find out if he's for real, send an email to podcast at johnpolster.com. We'll find a time that works for both of us and we'll get on Zoom, look each other in the eyes and see what's going on. See how I can help or just see what you want to talk about.
Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. <laughs>